Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Come Follow Me Today, a brief message to help us experience an additional spiritual moment in our otherwise complicated lives. My name is Caleb Sanford, and thank you for joining me as we accept Christ's invitation to follow him today. If you remember our episode from last week, we talked about Enoch, who is descended from Adam and was described as having, quote, walked with God. Today, we're going to continue discussing the story of Enoch as described in the book of Moses. Now, if you're flipping through the little tabs on your Bible trying to find the book of Moses, it's not in there. So let me explain. The Bible as we know it today was written and compiled over more than a thousand years from the time of Moses, who is thought to have penned the first five books, to the New Testament that spanned the first hundred years after Jesus' birth. Then, for the last 2,000 years, religious leaders, politicians, monarchies, and historians have fought over which books belong in the Bible. The standard Protestant Bibles, including the King James Version, have 66 books, which include 39 books in the Old Testament and 27 books in the New Testament. The Roman Catholic Bible has 73 books, which includes seven additional books known as the Apocrypha. The Ethiopian Orthodox Church has even more, including eight additional books. What makes matters worse is there are many thousands of manuscripts of the biblical scriptures in existence today that may vary in small or significant ways from each other, and so there's a lot of debate about what really is the Bible. Well, this podcast isn't meant to be a history lesson, but let's just summarize all this to say that the Bible that you or I may have in our home is hardly a perfect representation of the teachings of the prophets, apostles, and Jesus Christ himself. Our Bible is a translation of a translation of a copy of a copy. Well, you get the point. So Joseph Smith, the first prophet of the Restoration, acknowledged these deficiencies in the Bible. And after organizing the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in 1830, was inspired to create a new translation of the Bible that would attempt to restore the original intent of the biblical authors. Rather than seeking out original manuscripts and attempting to translate the Bible like scholars might do, Joseph Smith instead relied on the Spirit of God and Revelation to guide his translation. Armed only with the King James Version of the Bible, Over a period of years, Joseph Smith reviewed much of the Bible and updated verses, passages, and chapters as needed to fill in the gaps and clarify the King James Version of the Bible that he was working from. These revisions have since been published in various ways for those who might want to learn more. I'm going to put a link in the show notes of this episode to an article that gives a lot more information about this. So, one significant area of scriptural expansion that came as a result of Joseph Smith's inspired translation was the time period between Adam and Eve and Noah. These revisions have since come to be known as the Book of Moses and expand on the stories found in Genesis. In the last episode of this podcast, we discussed how a man named Enoch was described as having walked with God in Genesis chapter 5, but then the genealogy just continues past Enoch, leading into the next Old Testament story about Noah. Well, in the book of Moses, we learn a lot more about Enoch. As the descendants of Adam and Eve were becoming more and more wicked, Enoch leads a group of people away from sin, and their faith becomes so powerful that it repels away their enemies. Quote, And the Lord called his people Zion, because they were of one heart and one mind, and dwelt in righteousness. And there was no poor among them. 
And Enoch continued his preaching and righteousness unto the people of God. And it came to pass in his days that he built a city that was called the City of Holiness, even Zion. And Enoch and all his people walked with God, and he dwelt in the midst of Zion. And it came to pass that Zion was not, for God received it up into his own bosom. And from thence went forth the saying, Zion is fled. End quote. Well, there's probably a zillion other Come Follow Me podcast episodes happening this week about the people of Enoch and how we need to figure out how to live more like these people. When comparing the people of Enoch, who were of one heart and one mind and dwelt in righteousness, and there was no poor among them, and comparing that to the people of the United States, who are certainly not of one heart and one mind, have many that do not dwell in righteousness, and who has many poor among them, well, we have a lot of work to do as a society if we hope to one day be called Zion by the Lord. But I actually want to focus this episode on a different teaching by Enoch to his people. In chapter 6 of the book of Moses, Enoch is relating the story of Adam to his people and explaining to his congregation why it was important that Adam ate the forbidden fruit and fell from the Garden of Eden. Feel free to go back to episode 3 of this season if you want to hear more about the story of Adam and Eve in detail. Well, Enoch says to his people, quote, Therefore I give unto you a commandment, to teach these things freely unto your children, saying, That by reason of transgression cometh the fall, which fall bringeth death. And inasmuch as ye were born into the world by water and blood and the Spirit, which I have made, and so became of dust a living soul, even so ye must be born again into the kingdom of heaven, of water and of the Spirit, and be cleansed by blood, even the blood of mine only begotten, that ye might be sanctified from all sin, and enjoy the words of eternal life in this world, and eternal life in the world to come, even immortal glory. End quote. Enoch here is teaching about baptism, both by water and by the Spirit, and the need to be cleansed by the blood of Christ through the atonement. But what grabbed my attention as I studied this is that one of the reasons to go through this process is so that we can, quote, enjoy the words of eternal life in this world. Learning about God, about Jesus, hearing the words of our prophets, going to church, reading our scriptures, we're supposed to find joy in these things. Enjoy the words of eternal life. No matter what else is going on in our lives, no matter how stressful or busy or painful or depressing or sad that parts of our other lives might be, when we hear the words of eternal life, this should bring us happiness. So the question for you and I is, does it? Do the words of eternal life bring us joy and happiness regardless of what else is going on in our lives? I'm going through a particularly stressful period at work right now, where I'm responsible for more things than I can realistically accomplish well. I'm also trying to figure out the next step in my career, trying to support my family through the current surge of COVID and the restrictions that this continues to bring. And of course, raising three little kids can be exhausting. But when I'm studying the scriptures, putting together this podcast, zooming into church on Sundays, are the words of eternal life bringing me joy? What about in your life? As you manage through the challenges you face, do the words of eternal life actually bring you joy? If the gospel of Jesus Christ isn't bringing us the satisfaction, happiness, or peace that we might expect it to, or that we've been promised that it would, this might be a reflection in the way we're living the gospel in our lives. 
Are we dedicated to Christ? Are we giving him equal screen time compared to all the other distractions of our lives? Are we serving God's children in the ways he's asked us to? Are our eyes single to the glory of God and not our own worldly glory and recognition? President Russell M. Nelson, leader of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and prophet to the world, recently taught us, quote, The voices and pressures of the world are engaging and numerous, but too many voices are deceptive, seductive, and can pull us off the covenant path. To avoid the inevitable heartbreak that follows, I plead with you today to counter the lure of the world by making time for the Lord in your life each and every day, end quote. Well, as you and I continue to strive to accept our Savior's invitation to come follow me today and each day, let's make sure we remember that the gospel of Jesus Christ is supposed to bring us happiness. It's supposed to be enjoyable. Regardless of what else may be happening in our lives, the thought of Christ's atonement in our lives, the acts of service we make towards God's children, and the words of God that we hear from our spiritual leaders and read in our scriptures— These should all allow us to take a step back from the world and smile. If we've truly accepted Christ into our lives and are making the changes we need to become more like our Savior and serving Heavenly Father's other children, not only will we become sanctified from sin, as Enoch taught, but we'll also find peace and happiness in this life, even as we navigate the challenges that it brings. Thank you for joining me today, and I hope that you and I were both able to Enjoy these words of eternal life together.